Do you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. My name is Jeff Bernier. I am the founder, president, and a wealth advisor with Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in Alpharetta, Georgia. It's my belief that we're all created for a purpose. And I believe that life is largely a journey about uncovering that purpose. Our firm is passionate about helping our clients create the freedom and capacity to go pursue their vision of a meaningful life. And I believe a meaningful life is one of purpose and meaning. But unfortunately, many people don't feel the freedom. They don't feel the ability to go pursue their calling, largely for financial reasons. So this show is largely about combining these deeper discussions around meaning and purpose, um, you know, what drives you, and helping you create the financial freedom to go pursue that calling through quality wealth management uh, advice. And in this show, I try to speak to both your left brain and your right brain. You know, your right brain is your creative, your conceptual, um, you know, your intuitive brain is your right brain. Your left brain is your more your calculating, your analytical, um, your analytical brain, uh, your data-driven brain. And today, we're going to be talking more to your left brain, to this more analytical side. And the reason I'm going to talk more to your analytical or your left brain side today is we're in December and we are knee deep into year in tax planning. I should say year in planning for our clients. A large portion of that is tax planning. And so uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the process that we go through with our clients in hoping that it would be helpful to you as you think about your own year in process. You know, I heard many years ago the most important piece of equipment uh, in a commercial airline is the checklist. Uh, so we have a checklist. You know, we talk a lot on this show about process, about having processes so that we can create custom, unique financial plans. And we also talk a lot about process gives us the ability uh, to make sure we don't miss important things like, you know, uh, is the landing gear functioning? Um, so we have a process. We have a year-end process. And so what I'm going to do today is basically walk through some of the questions and some of the things that we look at in the year-end process, as I mentioned, in hopes that it might help you as you think about your year-end process. As you may know, we do proactive tax planning throughout the year. And while the year-end tax planning covers a lot more than taxes, you know, year-end is the ideal time to evaluate your tax situation for two reasons. One is here late in the year, we already know most of what's going to occur in terms of income and deductions. The other thing is um, if we wait till January, it's too late. So this is the ideal time to take fresh eyes on your tax situation. You also may have noticed that there's a lot of debate going on in Washington, D.C. today about potential changes to our tax code. 
And so while I think it's dangerous, and we certainly don't encourage our clients to make major changes in their strategies based on what might happen, it's still a good idea to at least think about what potential outcomes may occur so that we at least be thoughtful as we plan ahead for the future. So um, I'm going to show a couple of illustrations today for those of you that are using our video channel. Uh, those of you that are audio only, I'll try to make it clear so that the content will be useful whether you're watching the video or doing audio only. So here we go. Checklist item number one. Based on reasonable assumptions, is your plan on track, overfunded, or underfunded? Based on reasonable assumptions, is your plan on track, overfunded, or underfunded? If it's underfunded, what changes can you make? Can you save more? Can you spend less? Can you increase expected returns by also increasing uncertainty and risk? Uh, can you retire later? Could you leave a smaller legacy? These are the levers that you could potentially pull if you determine that you're underfunded. Are you overfunded? Meaning that you have more capital than is necessary to meet the prescribed goals that you have. Then you have other choices that you get to make. Do you leave a larger legacy? Do you travel more? Do you increase your lifestyle? Do you give more to charity? Do you decrease the uncertainty and the expected return in your portfolio? So those are the kinds of things that year in can be a good time to do. So uh, for those of you on the video screen, um, you can see these are the kind of things that we do with our clients. So we have a client here who's overfunded and you know they're living on an $80,000 a year after-tax spending lifestyle. And through modeling, we can take a look and say, look, they could increase their after-tax spending to $100,000 and still be adequately funded to their plan. Um, another alternative, obviously, as I mentioned, is you know if they're spending $10,000 annually on travel, could they spend $30,000 annually on travel? So these are, these are the kinds of modeling that we might do to see are you, uh, do you have the ability to expand your goals in areas that are of importance to you, that are consistent with your values. And the reason year-end is a good time to do it, I know a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. Uh, I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I'm a huge fan of doing planning and analysis and figuring out what needs to change and then creating strategies and habits that will help you change. But year-end's a good time because you can get motivated for the changes you're gonna make in the new year to get you back on track. So that's checklist item number one. Checklist item number two is an RMD check. RMD stands for Required Minimum Distributions. If you're over age 72 or you have inherited IRAs, you're required annually to take taxable distributions from your IRAs. And so at the end of the year, we're just making sure, or we want to make sure, or you want to make sure, that you've taken the adequate amount of your required minimum distributions that you have to take from these various IRAs. If you don't take your required minimum distribution, it's a 50% tax penalty. So for instance, if you're supposed to take $40,000 out of your IRA, and you don't take it, there's a $20,000 tax penalty. So it's pretty important to make sure that you make sure that you take your required minimum distributions. 
Generally, your required minimum distributions are based on the uniform lifetime table that I'm showing for those of you watching the video. And essentially what you can see is if you're 73 years old, for example, uh, you take all of your IRAs combined, all of your traditional IRAs combined, and you divide it by 24.7. And that will tell you how much you have to take out of your IRA. And you're looking at the value of these IRAs as of December 31st of, of 2020, so the previous December 31st. So you aggregate all of your IRAs, current va values as of December 31st of 2020, divide it by 24.7, if you're 73 years old, as you can see in the table, that's your uh, life expectancy according to the table, and that will tell you how much you need to take out for this calendar year. Uh, the IRS doesn't care which IRAs you take it out of, but you've got to take that amount out in the aggregate. If you do the math on that, for a 73-year-old at least, that's about a 4% distribution that you would have to take out. So you need to make sure that you take out your required minimum distribution. So checklist item number two was we want to check to make sure that you've taken out the amount that you need to take. Uh, for those uh, clients that we don't manage all of their resources, we want them also make sure that they take into account accounts that we don't advise or don't manage because you've got to aggregate all of these IRAs, as I mentioned, in this calculation. So if you haven't taken your required minimum distribution for the year, it's also a good idea or a good time to remind you of the potential benefits of qualified charitable distributions especially if you don't itemize deductions. So for instance, I'm showing on my screen here uh, a 73-year-old client uh, that has, um, that re that's required to take $60,000 out of their IRA for their required minimum distribution. So they've got a sizable IRA, they've got to get $60,000 out and pay tax on it to meet their required minimum distribution. Uh, this client also has $15,000 in capital gains, um, and they make $20,000 a year gifts to charity every year. But since their property taxes are only $5,000 and they don't have a mortgage, they don't even itemize their deductions. So they just take the standard deduction. So essentially, the $20,000 gift that they're making to charity is not deductible because they're just claiming the standard deduction which is if you're over age 65, would be $27,800. So simply by having the charitable gift go from the IRA, we can reduce the IRA distribution by that 20,000 because it goes directly to your, um, to your favorite charities um, and you're not sending a money uh, from your non-qualified accounts um, so the effect is it reduces your taxable income by $20,000. In other words, you've reduced your income from the required distribution because you sent it to charity, and you still get the full standard deduction. So in the example I'm showing on the screen, it would save you about $5,000 in taxes, um, and it pushes you down to a 12% tax bracket. Uh, the second thing it does is, in this example, is by reducing the income by $20,000, the taxable income now uh, is only $78,000 in taxable income. The effect of that 
is this $15,000 capital gain is taxed at the 0% tax bracket. If you're married filing jointly and you have taxable income under $80,000, the capital gains rate is zero. So just simply by giving money from the IRA to charity and from your, as opposed from your other resources, you reduce the taxes from your required distribution, you get to use your full standard deduction, and in this case, you've reduced your capital gains taxes. So these are the kinds of things that year-end planning uh, can help you do if you've not yet done your required minimum distribution. Uh, the impact of doing qualified charitable distributions can be illustrated as well. Um, if we just assume going forward, we're going to make our charitable gifts through our IRA instead of through our taxable investments, um, the long-term impact of that can be quite significant. Not only uh, could it lower your tax bracket, uh, it could also, over time, in this example, save about $115,000 in additional lifetime taxes. So again, these are the kinds of things you might do uh, in checklist item number two if you've not yet done your, your uh, required minimum distribution. Um, oftentimes as well, you have income from other sources that you're having to pay estimated tax payments. So again, if you haven't taken your required minimum distribution, it's also a good way to have taxes withheld to cover other income that you've not yet uh, paid in enough uh, for um, on tax withholdings. Uh, and so you might overwithhold on your required distribution to cover taxable income you have outside the IRA. The benefit of this is the IRS treats withholding at the source like this as if you withheld it all throughout the year. So regardless of when this outside income came in, it's treated when withheld from the IRA as if you made that withholding throughout the year, which could avoid penalties and taxes. Checklist item number three. What are the liquidity needs in the coming year and are your short-term accounts adequately funded? As we've talked about in our retirement distribution discussions uh, in previous podcasts, we like to keep safe liquid cash to cover a couple of years worth of anticipated distributions from our clients' portfolios. We call these short-term portfolios. So you might just think of them as cash reserve accounts that you're gonna be consuming over the next one or two or three years. And so annually, we wanna basically forecast and see what are your anticipated distributions for the next two or three years and is it adequately funded? This is a good time to decide if it's not adequately funded, how do we go back and replenish the short-term portfolio? So for instance, on the screen, I'm showing uh, just a very simple calculation that we do where we look again at your anticipated expenses uh, and we look at your anticipated direct income and figure out how much do you need to draw from the portfolio over the next two years at a minimum, and then uh, look at that number and see if you've got that much set aside in cash reserves. And so the question is, how do we replenish the cash reserves? Well, we've got a number of options. We could use the required minimum distribution and replenish the cash reserve. We could sell securities and replenish the cash reserve. Uh, we could, um, 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 you know, just rebalance the portfolio and replenish the cash reserve. So that's the decision. How do we most effectively replenish the cash reserve? So item number 
three is how do we replenish effectively the cash reserves? And again, doing this at year end is important because if we want to sell securities to replenish the, tax, the cash reserve, we get to decide, do we want to generate that gain in 2021 or do we want to take that gain in 2022? And obviously you'd want to take the gain in the year that you've got the lowest tax impact. So if we, if we project that you're going to have lower income in 2022 than you have in 2021, 2022 in January, we would be looking at trying to replenish the cash reserve. So making sure at the end of the year that we plan for distributions that we're going to need from the cash reserve. Checklist item number four, is a thorough tax review recommended? Uh, is a Roth conversion recommended? Is there an opportunity to harvest gains at the 0% tax bracket? Are there losses that we should harvest? Are there realized gains that we should, that we should harvest? Uh, do we want to make year-end gifting of low basis securities to charity? Are you likely to be in a higher tax bracket in the future? Meaning you might want to accelerate income into this year through Roth conversions, IRA distributions, annuity distributions, or realizing gains. Are you are in a higher tax bracket this year than you're likely to be in in future years? If so, we would want to defer income or accelerate deductions. Uh, for instance, you might want to accelerate several years worth of charitable gifts into this year if you're going to be in a higher income year in this year. So we might use a donor advised fund that we've talked about in previous shows to bunch the charitable deduction into this year, again, if you're going to be in a higher tax bracket than you were in previous years. Um, Something that we like to do is we would get a copy of your last year's tax return and we would make a projection uh, based on last year's tax return. So we can do a detailed analysis of your last year's tax return, lay in the new information that we have year to date, and make some judgments on whether it makes sense to accelerate income, accelerate deductions, uh, or capture capital gains. So for instance, let's say that you're not age 72, but you're age 60 or 61, and you've retired. And you're living not off of your IRA, but you're living on non-IRA assets. So you're living on, on your taxable accounts. If that's the case, you don't have the required minimum distribution because that's not required till you're 72 years old. And you might not even be taking Social Security. So if you're not taking Social Security and you don't have required minimum distributions, uh, it is quite possible that you could be in a, in a really low tax bracket. So for instance, if you're, if you're 60 years old and you're retired, uh, you're not required to take money from your IRA, and, you may have, and you're waiting to take Social Security to much later, you could be in a really low tax bracket because you're distributing non-retirement assets, non-qualified assets. Well, if that's the case, again, we can model uh, a Roth conversion. So let's say that we do decide to go in and do, in my previous example, uh, we go in and we do a uh, $100,000 Roth conversion. Uh, so if you're in this really low tax bracket, um, we could just model. We could say, okay, what, at what rate does it make sense to do a Roth conversion? So in this example, we've just increased your income by $100,000 by moving money from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA and moving you from the 12% bracket to the 22% bracket. Um, and so people would say, well, why do you want to do that? Well, you would only do that if you thought your future brackets could be higher. 
But as you can see from my example, uh, it's still you're moving $100,000 from traditional to a tax-free IRA at favorable tax rates. As I mentioned before, um, this can save you significant taxes over your lifetime. On the screen, I'm illustrating an individual, again, who retired at 60, they've delayed Social Security to 70, and again, they don't have IRA distributions till 72. So since they're living off of their non-qualified assets, they're way down here in the 12% tax bracket. Um, but you'll notice that once they turn 72, their tax bracket jumps all the way up to either 25 or 28% because of the impact of having to take money out of the IRA. So what filling up the 12% bracket does is you move some of this IRA money that you've paid tax on earlier. So you've, you've brought some of this IRA money into income at lower rates, but you've lowered your lifetime tax liability. So in this example, uh, you saved significant, um, you saved over $230,000 in lifetime income taxes because you paid tax at a lower rate. So the question is, does it make sense to do some proactive tax planning to, make, to determine does it make sense to do Roth conversions or harvest capital gains? Back to my previous example, um, if, if, if we decide we don't want to do Roth conversions, so we've got this client, uh, they're not taking uh, IRA distributions because they're not 78, uh, 72. Uh, they're not taking Social Security yet. So as I mentioned, they're in this really low tax bracket. You know, they've got dividends, interest, and capital gains, but their standard deduction wipes that out. So they virtually have no taxes. Again, since they're in this low tax bracket, instead of doing a Roth conversion, we might decide to harvest gains. So in this example, we could have over you know, we could have about $90,000 in capital gains uh, and still be in the 0% capital gains rate. So in this example, I went in and harvested gains. So I harvested $90,000 in gains. Um, uh, but since their total income is still under, under $80,000, those capital gains are at the 0% bracket. So the most important point of item number four is does it make sense to do some proactive tax planning to, to again, to fill up brackets with Roth IRAs or, or take advantage of the 0% tax bracket? Uh, something to note, if you're doing any strategies that might accelerate income, you do need to pay attention to your Medicare Part B premium if you're on Medicare, because if you have adjusted gross income, a married uh, filing jointly of more than $176,000, your Part B premium goes up. So anytime we're doing tax planning uh, around accelerating income, we want to pay attention to that. If you have very low taxable income uh, and your Social Security income is not taxable, we have to be very careful about that as well because if we go right over the threshold, which is about 32,000 in taxable income, if you go $1 over that threshold, it will mean that half of your Social Security would be taxable. Uh, if you go over 44,000, in taxable income, 85% of your Social Security would be taxable. Most of the clients that we're dealing with are well above that, so we don't have to be too concerned about it. But if we have clients that have low income because they're spending principal and they're not, uh, they're not, uh, they don't have a lot of income, we do have to be careful if we're talking about accelerating income into lower brackets. We need to look at the, the overall impact. 
This is where collaboration with your tax professional is also important. So if we get into these circumstances, we may collaborate with you and your other professionals to do detailed tax projections. Finally, checklist item number five. Have you covered all the other basics? So planning is largely, or is partly about tax planning and portfolio balances and are we on track to meet our goals, but you also need to check off some of the broader financial planning issues, such as risk management and estate planning. So again, checklist item number one uh, was essentially, are you on track to meet your goals? And if you're not on track, what strategies could you use to get back on track? What are your levers that you could pull to get back on track? Number two was an RMD check. If you're required to take distributions from your IRAs because you're over 72 or you have an inherited IRA, let's make sure that we have a plan for getting that handled before the end of the year because there's a massive tax penalty if you don't. Number three, do you have adequate liquidity to cover the next couple of years worth of spending from the portfolio? And if not, what is the strategy for replenishing the short-term portfolio, and what is the best strategy? Is it an RMD? Is it harvesting gains? Uh, are there other sources of income? Uh, checklist item number four is a, is a detailed tax projection important and worthwhile, and does it make sense to consider things like harvesting gains at the 0% bracket or Roth conversions? And then finally, item number five, Take a look at your broader planning. Make sure that you've checked off the other items that are important around risk management and estate planning. So I hope this gives you some food for thought. I know I went pretty rapid here on some of this and jumping back and forth on the video for those watching the video, but I hope you'll get the, concept, the conceptual idea here is we're here early in December. If you haven't thought about some of these things, you've still got time uh, to do some proactive planning before the calendar turns. Uh, thanks for your attention today. I hope you found this useful. Be delighted to hear feedback from you. You can email me at moneyandmeaning at tannongrowth.com. You can check out past uh, episodes of the podcast at uh, our website, tannongrowth.com. You can also check us out on Spotify and iTunes as well. Thanks. Hope you have a great holiday and a happy new year. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com. Or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.